This podcast is part of the Famous Original Podcast Network family. You can find us by going to www.fopnet.biz. Welcome, everybody, to episode 39 of Ride the Pine. Um, this is a podcast where two friends discuss sports with a side of anxiety and doubt. As always, I'm Dan, joined by Kyle. Kyle, how's it going, man? Hey, man, going well. Going well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm really looking forward to talking about this juicy topic we got for today. About yeah, there's all the, kinds of turmoil in the NFL, isn't there? That's all we're. Yeah, that's all there is to talk about right now. It's all the all the drama. All the drama. Um, so we're going to be talking today about what really happened in Green Bay, in Packerland, uh, with Mike McCarthy, with Aaron Rodgers, with upper management and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it just seems like it really goes pretty deep here. Um, I like to go pretty deep, too, so that sounds good. Oh, cool. for God's sakes. Uh, <laughs> or we can that, go shallow. I don't care. Um, we can go a little deep, a little shallow. I don't care. Okay, and uh, so it looks like it all started back in 2017. You knew um, it was kind of off to a rocky road when cameras caught Rogers cursing at at McCarthy, saying it's a stupid, stupid right. effing call. And this was the like three that. of the 2017 season. <laughs> and oh, man. when you're yelling that at your coach, that's not a recipe for success. I know, right? And it just doesn't look good for your team, right? Because your team's like, oh, shoot, what's going on here? Like, who do we side with, you know? Right, because it's going to be hard. You know, you got your coach who's the one who's, like, calling the plays, calling your number potentially, and then it's your quarterback who handles the ball. Like, he's the one who could potentially, you know, throw you the ball on each player or get you those plays to, you know, make you involved in the offense. You know, it sucks. It's like no matter what any other players feel or thought, like either way, there's someone you like kind of don't trust after that. Because they would basically, you, you would take a side, you know, you'd either believe what Roger said or you'd be believing in the coach. And the other one, you probably wouldn't trust as much. Yeah. And, you know, I think that what they're saying here from this article that I'm reading, uh, thanks to Bleacher Report. Thank you, Bleacher Report, for all the, the juicy goodness. Um, they're Worst kept secret in uh, at Lambeau was that Rogers seemed to hate McCarthy ever since he got hired in 06. So even before they won their their championship in 2010, and then Rogers had the MVP, the uh, NFL MVP on 2010 and 2011, which I actually forgot that he won a back to back years. Um, it, it's it's pretty crazy because uh, let's see, he uh, McCarthy uh, chose Alex Smith, the number one overall pick from the 49ers and not Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Rodgers said he would not take it as a funny accident. Like, so he wanted to go number one, but instead Alex Smith went number one. And I think we all know how that turned out. I think Rodgers came out as the better quarterback. Uh, and I think what came out is that he always had a chip on his shoulder when it came to uh, Mike McCarthy, the guy who ended up becoming your coach passed on you when he had a chance. Aaron was upset that Mike passed on him, that Mike actually verbally said that Alex Smith was a better quarterback. So let's talk about that. So it's like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. so of course you can look at it a certain way now. But man, like, Rogers, buddy, like, do something about it. Get over the chip or or don't. But like, don't just 
keep using that as the reason why you guys are dysfunctional. Yeah, you know, you know, you can't like that. That's like being petty. Being like, if you're getting picked in dodgeball and you get picked last, and you're like, why didn't you pick me first? And then it's not hold personal. A, and and then you hold a grudge for. 13 years. I mean, the draft was an 06 for God's sakes. Right. Like, be mad, sure, right? You know, be mad right off the bat, but... But turn it into motivation to prove him wrong. And it wasn't even like... It wasn't even like he... um, you know, had Rodgers already as his quarterback, and he's like, hey, I'm going to take Alex Smith because he's better than you. Like, that's not what happened, you know? It it wasn't like he had Rodgers already, you know? He thought at the time the best choice for him was Alex Smith, not Aaron Rodgers. Right, and that's what you do. You scout, right? It's not a guarantee. You're just, you're, you're making your best guess, you know? And sure, man, have a problem with it that first year, figure it out, but you would have to at some point either quit football, quit playing for the team, or get traded, or you would get over it. Yeah, no, I think for me, I think it's very petty and childish that Rodgers took it so personally and basically let it affect his relationship with McCarthy as a coach when he then had him from 2006 to, what, last year. Um, So moving forward with the the news here, it says here, uh, one person who was then close to Rodgers remembers he would regularly call to vent that McCarthy didn't have a clue what he was doing He'd tell him that McCarthy frequently called the wrong play, that he used the wrong personnel, that they were running plays that worked on one out of 50 times in practice, that McCarthy was a buffoon and he was constantly bailing out, and that also Mike McCarthy has a low football IQ and that used to always bother Aaron. He'd say Mike has one of the lowest IQs, if not the lowest IQ, of any coach he's ever had. And you're gonna say That's that crazy. of uh, of a coach who who's won a Super Bowl and went fifteen and one, right? It wasn't just Rodgers that went fifteen and one. No, it wasn't the Green Bay Rodgers. You, 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 you. <laughs> no, you're definitely right. It's like, it, like, and, and you, wait you, a second, hold on. You can't say that of a coach who who won a Super Bowl. And, it, and I mean, you just and you shouldn't about your own coach. It just isn't going to help the team, right? He's literally the kid in class complaining about the teacher, no matter how bad the teacher is. But he's not talking to anyone else in the school other than other kids and just making fun of the teacher. Well, that doesn't fix anything. And did you go out and get your own education or find a different teacher? No, you just kind of kept like floating along and complaining like he was the problem. And it wasn't ever you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I it's sounding more and more like it was Aaron Rodgers being, and pardon my French, but being just a, a whiny bitch. About right? the fact like, that McCarthy on. didn't take him first in the in the draft over Alex Smith, and that he's held a grudge ever since. That's literally what it's sounding like. To right, me. right. No, pretty much. And, and you know, like that whole I've never played with a dumber coach, or you know, whatever. Or like, like wait, a, a hold on. I coach huge. Like, no. Well, let's you know list your coaches. Are you referring to your like high school and college coaches? And you're like, what, one or two NFL coaches? Like, come on. That's a pretty small sample pool. You know, that doesn't sound, that's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> he's only, he's only had a few like legitimate coaches, right? So like, it, it wasn't like he's been, you know, coaching with some other bums in the NFL. Like, give me a break. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's, uh, um, this part of this, of this article is really interesting. They said, uh, virtually all of uh, these former Packers personnel, coaches, and players came out and said that the era, this era of Packers football is missing rings, many rings. And sure, that's blamed to spread. Some cite former general manager Ted Thompson literally falling asleep in meetings by the end of his tenure. 
Some cite the defensive sorry, sorry, the defense's innate ability to self-destruct each January. But central to it all are the two Packers who have lasted the longest, and that is McCarthy and Rogers. They've been together the longest, while a lot of these other people who are like, um, you know, Drew Michael Finley, Eddie Lacy, you know, uh, Jordy Nelson, like guys like that. Ryan Grant, yeah. Ryan Grant, yeah. All these guys, I'm guaranteeing you, these are some of these guys who have come out and basically were saying that that Rodgers was a self-entitled quarterback and a bad leader and that uh, Grant think, what was it? Grant thinks it's idiotic for anyone to complain about such a transcendent talent where Greg Jennings sees Rodgers as an ultra-sensitive source of toxicity, others lambast McCarthy for wasting a gift from the football gods. Wow. What a statement that is. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I really, I I get both views here. Like, talk about feeling like a a coach wasted a quarterback and a team's talent. And I do think they're missing rings. I do. Right? But also, what Jennings says about Rodgers, I think that's spot on. You know, saying that he's ultra sensitive, you know, I'm kind of seeing that now. I'm seeing the fact that, you know, yeah, totally. because because he trained behind Brett Favre, said to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, that he's going to be better than everybody else and that uh what he say says goes and that his play calls are better than the coach's play calls. So the question is, is anyone going to be able to coexist with Aaron Rodgers as the, as your quarterback? Right. Yeah. I mean, I like the guy a lot. He is, he's smooth. He's cool. Right. He's charismatic. Like he's a, and he's, he's very good. He's very, he has great intuition and football smarts, but like, man, it does bug me. He definitely, he, he comes in like he's a little bit arrogant and like entitled, you know, like ever since he came from Cal, he's like, oh, he's kind of the go-to guy. And you know, if there's issues, it's, it's not me, it's everyone else, you know, and ah, it makes you, you can be hard to love sometimes, you know? It's crazy that, you know, you get a former teammate that says that um, in this past era of, of Green Bay teams, they said, if you were to write a headline that describes this team, these this era of teams, that would be it right here. How egos took down the Packers. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's a shame yeah, that's if that's the case, you know, that they were yeah. so talented and they, yeah, they went 15 and one. They went to a Super Bowl. Rodgers has had two back-to-back NFL MVPs and a Super Bowl MVP, yet they're yep. saying that basically had there not been such a toxic environment that not pretty much no one knew about to, until yeah. now, that they could have won at least four or five more Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, they were never functioning on their highest potential, that's for sure. No, and Dude, I mean, if you look at his numbers... And then the Packers' overall success, right? A little mm-hmm. bit of ups and downs. And then some of their individual players, the ones that come, came and went, the Donald Drivers, Greg Jennings, Grant, Lacey, and all them, they all had a, a good year or two. You know, None of them were great for seven or ten years. But if you look at all those numbers, you would have thought that was a dynasty. You would have thought, but now it's just it was the dynasty that never was. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it, it, it's really a shame. And, you know, for, for him to – for Rodgers, that is, to put – all the blame on McCarthy and then for McCarthy to kind of just be like brush it off. Like, I, I don't care what you have to say. It, it's just, a, it's a very, just like, like, like one of the former players said earlier, a very toxic environment. And that's not going to yeah, be exactly. a recipe for success. It really isn't. Um, and Ryan Grant actually went on to say that you live and die by his greatness. And that's referring to Aaron Rodgers. Like, ugh. so yeah. w- the question is, was he like a tyrant? 
Was he basically right. it, like, what is he doing in that locker room? Is he leading the locker room or is he taking a hostage? I think it was both. I, I think he was like, when it was great, it was like, he's the leader. He's the man. Like we love our guy AR, you know, but now when there's issues, it was kind of like he was looking to kind of point fingers, you know, and he, he wasn't, the, he wasn't the best. He's not the best leader in the good and the bad, you know? Like, that's something that's kind of, you can give to someone like Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Peyton Manning. Like, there was never really any issues when they weren't doing well, as far as someone blaming somebody or whatever. There was no escape, you know? Uh, they just kind of stuck to it. And and Rogers like, seems to point out when there's issues. And I think that right there just is dysfunctional enough to not be a great leader. So, you know, so as much as we've been talking about how much Rogers has been a problem. What about McCarthy? I'm reading this new thing here that says uh, McCarthy believed his system, not the Packers' absurd amount of talent. This is talking about like when they had um, Adam Jones and Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson, um, you know, Devontae Adams and Jermichael Finley, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, great offense, phenomenal offense. But he says, he believed his system, not the Packers' absurd amount of talent, was the foundation for the offensive success. So it seemed like McCarthy was kind of stuck in his ways, where he's like, "No, my system's flawless. Like I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it this way and not adapt to change it up each season, as opposed to what he did and continuing using his same st- what players said was a stale playbook that didn't really change much." And that possibly led to a lot of people just being like, what the hell? Why aren't we changing the plays up? Why aren't we kind of adapting to the new style of offense? And, you know, like we were saying before, it led to potential just butting heads all over the place. And it's just like, uh, I wish I had known this. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Um, You know, yeah, I I definitely blame him for part of their lack of aggressive play they had. They had a lot of chances they could have used Rodgers and utilized him more and and there are other stars I agree with that but you know like there's something to say for all the players you just named none of them had really a hall of fame career right I don't think you're right maybe a Jordy Nelson nah probably not um I don't know who I mean Donald Driver he was probably around the longest yeah right and that was right did he played just a couple years with rogers i think right Mm -hmm. but uh i mean it's like what side do you want do you believe that the coach utilized uh their skills and exploited matchups to make all these different players be good for a couple years here and there or were they just all individually that good and they deserve the credit you know like I, i i look at the system and what they did and i think mccarthy knew how to get the best out of those certain players. And it didn't last for long because they weren't amazing players, but they were good at the system they he put them in. Right. Um, so so it seemed like it, it wasn't just so much that he just didn't care what the players thought. He was just like, my system is the best. Right. And, and we're, we're yes. going to gonna stick with that. Right. Because it was good at first and it worked for certain players, but yeah, the NFL changes. And it, it, 5, 10, 15 years is long enough for the game to change. And yes, I I will say the other side of that. I don't think he adjusted or adapted at that time. Um, so before we wrap up this episode, um, I wanted to actually get your take because they have uh, changed the pass interference uh, rule now in the NFL, uh, where now it can be reviewed both defensive and offensive. Uh, now, why don't you explain that? Do you have any more detail on that? When can uh, I, it be challenged? 
Uh, so let me see here. I'm, I'm still looking here. Uh, sorry, Ron, for, <laughs> for all this. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Why can't I find it? All right, hold on. Here we go. I found it. Um, players will now be penalized 15 yards and may be ejected for using the crown of their helmet. This has very little requirement to it. Uh, let me see. This is simply if you lower your head to initiate contact and you make contact with an opponent, it's a, it's a foul. So that's one. Let me see what other ones they have here. But they had something about pass interference. Um, oh, this is good to know. So there are a couple rule changes, not just pass interference. Here's another one. The NFL has eliminated the requirement for a catch to survive the ground. A catch still requires control and two feet, but the new wrinkle is the third condition, which also requires either a football move and the ability to make such a move, which is great. That's actually, I actually really like that. Thank goodness. Um, that is good, yeah. Will you state that again? Uh, so that was the... The NFL has eliminated the requirement for the catch to survive the ground, which was the big, right. uh, the big uh, hurrah when Des Bryant made that catch in the playoffs, and he hit the ground and the ball came loose, and they called it no catch. So yeah, that's gone back and forth a couple times though now. So <laughs> in, and so with this rule, if this was the case back when Des Bryant, uh, I mean when he was playing for the Cowboys, if this rule was in place, that would have been a catch and that would have been a touchdown, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, I just I don't I still don't see it being a, a fix because there's still going to be that judgment call for when when it is a fumble or when it isn't the ground. I don't know. There's no uh, way to to define it. Uh, so uh, I like this one. So uh, league officials in New York can eject players on replay review. So like if they're re- if they're reviewing a play like and they see like a potential um, foul or you know illegal contact of any kind like after a play they can say hey you guys are going to eject this player for the such and such such a reason so is that during a replay during a challenge you mean or in yep. general they can do no is it during those challenges or they can do it for any play let me see um uh, let me see under the new rule officials in new york can review a play and eject a player okay. from the game even if the referees on the field declined to eject him earlier oh, okay Interesting. Awesome. That's, I mean, I think that makes sense. If there's stuff that goes unnoticed, and if it's unsportsmanlike or unsafe, then fine. Uh, so they also uh, eliminated meaningless P- PATs, removing the rule that a PAT must be kicked after game-ending touchdowns, even if time has expired and the kick will have no impact on the outcome of the game. Yeah. So that's, let's see. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's kind of one of those things where it's like, eh. Yep. No, no big deal there. Um, oh boy, sorry. I'm just looking for the the pass interference one because review. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Here we go. Tuesday's decision by the league's owners to allow pass interference to be reviewable and in an even more unexpected development to allow non-calls to be reviewed was a stunner. When owners arrived here three days ago, they there seemed to be little appetite for the giant leap they were about to take. In a, pro- <clears throat> in a process that began with a con- contentious meeting between coaches and the competition committee and continued with an emergency meeting of the committee later that night, a proposal to allow blah, replay... Blah, blah, blah. Get, to the, get to the rule. I know. I'm getting to it. That night, a proposal to allow replays looks at... Sorry, replay to look at pass interference, but 
only those called morphed in fits and starts into the what the league wound up with Tuesday night. Let's see. Uh, hold on. What's all this mumbo jumbo? Uh, that coaches can challenge it on both offensive and pass inter- offense and defensive pass interference once yeah. per game. That's pretty good. And it could uh, it could end up being like a game changing penalty, yeah. like fourth quarter. You get called a pass interference. And it's huge. And like, and that hey, should be. Gonna... That should be there. That's good. And the vote, the vote, uh, with it would you need obviously. Uh, more votes yes and no for it to pass it went 31 to 1 yeah wow i'm not surprised if you get burned by it you want to fix i think this will help yeah and you know i think that's all had to have come about with sean payton reaching out to the nfl oh yeah you know that's what what where this all came out oh yeah because that was i mean they even talked about how they replayed that whole exact play on madden 2019 i think they said 25 times they ran that same play <clears throat> and each time pass interference was called. Yeah. But um, I think that'll be good for the game. Uh, sorry for everybody for, for the long pauses and and the uh, scrolling and all the talking, but um, I think this is going to be good. I think these rule changes will definitely help the game. Yeah, it just minimizes all those big errors. There's still going to be some errors, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but that is going to do it for this episode of Ride the Pine. Thank you so much to Thank everybody you. for tuning in. Thank you, Kyle, for joining me as always. It's always a pleasure. And um, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You guys know the tags. We've been around for over a year now. We're coming up on our year anniversary coming up here soon in a couple of weeks. Um, so we'll be looking out for episode 40. That will be our anniversary episode. Uh, so stay tuned for more and uh we will be seeing you guys later have a great one